0: Welcome to Legal Management Talk, the official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Kate Raftery. Today I'm talking with Monica Wofford, CSP, a leadership development coach, an author, and a speaker you may be familiar with from past ALA events. For the September issue of Legal Management, Monica wrote a feature article, Where Are Your Markers?, which also functions as a course that can net you quick CE credit. Welcome, Monica. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Kate.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? No. (laughs)
1: What are we going to (laughs) do? Actually, I've had the pleasure and privilege of speaking with ALA groups at a state level, a local chapter, and national level, and what a gift. These are truly the folks who run the, well, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say the entire legal industry. I simply run a training and consulting firm, and I genuflect appropriately in these administrators' presence, because while I think my days are busy writing books or writing articles or working with any number of a dozen coaching clients at any given time, they are working with partners and associates and various performance issues and various complexes that can make their position, well, well, just a little bit. Complex. So it is a joy to be working with you. And some of you, uh, some of our viewers and listeners, may recognize the voice as the author also of Make Difficult People Disappear. So if you have any difficult folks or want to know a little bit about your success milestones, stay tuned. This is going
0: to be a good one. So Let's jump right into the article. It's uh, about reevaluating how you measure your success, especially at work, so that you can become a better colleague and leader overall. Throughout, you call these measurements markers and compare them to literal artistic markers, you know, like Sharpies. Why did you do that? Well, I
1: prefer to compare them to Mr. Sketch markers, you know, the ones that- Those are a little more fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Plus, every participant who has them in a live class ends up coming out with colored dots under their nose, which is quite fun. But a long time ago, actually, an initial coaching client struggled tremendously with the word goals. And I was encouraging at that time for this person to create goals, identify goals, clarify goals. And- the word was simply not something this client was willing or seemingly able to wrap his or her head around. And that has come up more than once, not just with the word goals, but with the word success, with the word milestones, with the word ambition, because in fact, those words mean different things to different people. And even if you were to use the figurative sense, markers, of progress or, or markers in your life or even markers in a long distance run or, or high jump, that seems more concrete and something people don't already have a set meaning or connotation in their head to define so given that analogy plus or that reality plus the analogy of markers in the Artistic sense being something we can use and visualize to paint our definition or draw our definition of success. This seemed like a concept that, for multiple reasons, worked for a number of people without triggering any barriers or resistance or voices in their head. Not that you had any voices <laughs> in your head, but if you did. Often they're the ones who are getting in your way the most. Long answer to your brief question, but it required a little explanation. Hope that helps.
0: No, it totally makes sense to me. I think I hate to be the person that missed this, but I think one of the things I drag my feet on the most every year is, is our performance evaluations here at LA. And I, I just, uh, you've got to talk about yourself and it's not the hair thing in the world. <laughs> uh, no, and
1: nobody else wants to talk about themselves either. So when you bring up them, they're
0: just as uncomfortable as you are about you. So exactly. yeah, it's a fun time in leadership. <laughs> So we're in the adult world. We're struggling with how to find success. Most of us would go straight for those material things. We got the big salary, got the nice house, to say that we're successful. But you recommend looking outside of yourself for those markers. How come?
1: It depends on one's point of view, and I say oh so delicately, one's bias as to whether or not you do go for the big things. For for some, the big material things. Uh, For some, it is the big car, the the big house, the, if you're in Texas, the big hair. It it just depends. But for many, their markers are monetary. Their markers might be getting married. Their markers might be getting through a certain degree or a promotion, a certain title, certain sized office or certain location of said office in a corner. It's widely varied what people define or use to define as success. The trick is those markers that we establish often very early on in our career may or may not be the things, the elements, the achievements that truly give us a sense of comfort or achievement or dare I say happiness. I'm certain that you and I both kate have run across people, girlfriends often, who can't wait to get married. Oh my God, we've got to get married! Oh, I hear the biological clock tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, 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 or you know whatever's the reason, but they're going to have a conniption fit if they don't get married, and and then they do it, and. Yeah, that didn't work out the way they thought it would, (laughs) because all those markers that were in their head, if I get married, that means A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and then they realize, oh, well, shoot, it didn't really mean all those things. Oh, snap. Well, now what do I do? So when we talk about where are your markers? It's about defining for you, in some ways, to be perhaps quite simplistic, what are you really after? And for many, it has little to do with, as the course and the article and and this podcast states, progress, status, profit, and power. It often has much more to do with the art of giving ourselves permission to go after whatever it is that we're truly seeking. It just so happens that these four things are often a whole lot easier to achieve because they're already part of the structure of our culture and our society and most firms and offices and practices.
0: So speaking of which, it's uh, in my interpretation of the article, it's, it's one thing to set aside those uh, status marking things like we just talked about, but it's quite another to redefine what you called the marker of profit. For many of our listeners, their ability to help their firms increase revenue and keep costs down to make a profit is what keeps them in their jobs. How can you okay. reevaluate this marker while keeping your eye on the ball? Hey,
1: I have to tell you, Kate, that when And you were so kind to share kind of your thought process around some of the questions or or types of questions you might ask. When I saw the hints of this type of question, I was so excited and, and so impressed because you're absolutely spot on. What so many of our listeners are tasked with is managing expenditures or managing salaries to make sure the payroll expenditure isn't too inflated. Or when times get lean, reducing some of those costs or going to get more billable hours or motivating people to turn in their bills or track them. So in large part, their position has a tremendous monetary focus. If we take the figurehead of the article or the, the point at which we start talking about fiscal responsibility and the marker of profit. It really is simply about money and whether you are a member of ALA, whether you are an administrator of a small to large firm, or whether you are a corporate executive or leader of a nonprofit money is part of your responsibility. And for most of us internally in this country, money is a marker for many for success or achievement, or having arrived, if you will. But if you start to examine the other elements that are important to our position as leaders, money is a very small bit of that overall picture. In fact, if I start to look at a leader's performance, well, how much in that performance appraisal you mentioned earlier is focused on team member development? team development, period, collaboration. How much is based on motivating, recognizing, and in times, criticizing or disciplining performance issues? So it's not just about how much do we spend on pencils and legal pads this month, but it's about how did our overall workforce perform that has, frankly, much more to do with elements that are not monetarily based than we might think. So for an ALA member, for an administrator, for our listeners, to keep their eye on the ball and still be mindful of some of the risks and realities in the marker of profit, it's about really redefining what it means to be a good, effective, and productive leader. Yeah, cost is some of it. Money is some of it but there are all those other people issues that are candidly much more difficult often way more complex truly without question more time consuming <laughs> and way more fun particularly if you want to talk with someone about their attitude problem mm-hmm. the money issues are so much easier to talk about so that's often where we end up being focused even if that's not what we're we're really after
0: does that make sense Absolutely. So ultimately, what should people expect to happen after they do shift their benchmarks?
1: Oh, 100% shift immediately in energy, time, Everything's, everything's you know, fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Flip that switch. <laughs> I think what you'll find is most of our listeners, when they go through this course, and they, they of course, earn their CE credit, and they start doing some introspection, is they may begin the process of redefining. As an executive coach for a large portion of what I do for a living, that is not an immediate, easy process. But here are some very good telltale signs that you're on the right track. If you're beginning that process, you will immediately feel a sense of curiosity you also will likely immediately feel a sense of potential relief or hope that somewhere out there, someone, mind you, it's you, but someone is giving you permission once and for all or finally to really look at these things. And I think you were right in an earlier discussion we had off the record, so to speak, about the pandemic and all of this, quarantine and the environmental issues we're facing, and some of just the reality of regulations and how it's changed our workforce and changed the way we interact with each other, that this is a time in which people are starting to do a lot more introspection it's also a time when unguided some people are finding their way straight down the path of abject depression or eating bags upon bags of oreos topped off with chocolate you know it's like just (laughs) mechanism but i think to to close this circle the people who go through this course and and begin this process, I might say in earnest, but it's really not something that's considered to be work, should find a sense of hope, a sense of maybe tiny relief, a little bit of additional energy, maybe some, finally I get to look at this in a way that's different. Uh, And that in and of itself, I think increases happiness and frankly increases people's motivation in some cases, to keep going, because right now we've learned flexibility, compromise, and resilience are the skills that win more than just about anything else. Unless you are a pizza delivery driver, then your tips have been out of this world, and you have done. <laughs> But from a professional sector, those are the skills that have mattered most in recent months. Great question.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that. That's that's what my mind went to when I read the article. So I think that that's where all the people's minds go, and I think that they'll find some some positive things to do afterward.
1: Nice. It's good to be in alignment. I'm glad we were on the same page. It's probably <laughs> yeah.
0: also both craving pizza. So yeah. Go. Oh gosh, there's some in the fridge. <laughs> Don't even say that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for visiting the podcast, Monica. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's always a joy to serve. And I I
1: really enjoy working with the members of ALA and the team and the staff. You guys rock and then some. Thank Uh, you so much. The quality of content and the the frequency of content you put out for members is uh, unparalleled. Oh, thank you. Absolutely.
0: I hope that everyone gets to to see you in person soon enough.
1: (laughs) That would be my honor. Let's pack the room in some fabulous city and all fly, drive, horse, and buggy, or walk there, and really enjoy, gosh, an old-fashioned live event. That will be I look forward to that.
0: Yeah, me too. Get at least sometime. (laughs) Yeah, in the future. So for our listeners, remember, you can read her article, Where Are Your Markers for Yourself? on legalmanagement.org, and if you want a continuing education credit, take a short test afterward. I'll link to all that information in the show description. The text is easy, guys. You can do it. (laughs) You hear it. She said easy. Uh, And thanks to our listeners and subscribers for tuning in. As always, you can learn more about ALA at alanet.org. Until next time.